Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. What's up, Dog Speak Geeks? How y'all doing today? Fred, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am good. It is so hot outside. Melting. There's just not a lot of time. I mean, there's just not a lot to do in this heat. It's just, it's too bad. I took my little man and worked him yesterday, and it was ridiculously hot. I didn't realize how hot it was. We almost died. Remember how summer used to be your favorite? Yes. I used to love it. <laughs> But let me tell you something. I cannot wait till fall. <laughs> fall is it for me. Fall is it. Um, I, I'm telling you, look, you go outside, it's hot. It is literally feels like 103. I can still feel a hot flash coming on. But that's a different, it's and an I, internal. I know, it's so weird. What did I call and, it yesterday? An internal inferno? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just remember as younger knowing that I would probably have to experience this I just always ha- imagine it something else but it's nobody it's, tells you it, nobody t- I'm telling you right I'm, I want to educate everybody that doesn't <laughs> know this because nobody educated me so I'm just going to tell awful. y'all as I learn these things because you don't you shouldn't be surprised you shouldn't have to be surprised I'm going to educate you on that yeah when I started taking a new medication what six months ago five months ago yeah I had them for a couple of months, and that's just, it was a side effect I, I didn't realize. You thought you were having I thought sympathy. I was having, I thought I was having flashes sympathy for me. flashes. <laughs> no, anyway, luckily mess. mine are gone, but um, it was a temporary side effect. Yeah, lucky you. Yikes. Not look, looking forward to that, for sure. Look, I sweat more in the gym now than I ever have. Oh, I'm sure. So, uh, do you have some announcements? Yeah, so we got group classes coming back um if you are in or around the murfreesboro area uh, so south into, nashville yeah south nashville yeah. i mean you know um not a not a terrible trip if you're in franklin and surrounding areas um go on our website those start um in august and uh we've got a couple of 
communication seminars coming up. First one is August 4th, so you can register for that on the website. Uh, you can register for classes, just shoot us an email. But um, the dates are on the site, all the info you need is on there. Yeah, so we got, I mean, Looking we, we've got things happening. Yeah. Um, we have one in sep- the communication also in September, also in Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, so we're trying to get all of our Murfreesboro peeps. We've never really had a huge presence there. So we're really trying to yeah. trying to see you people. It's a great We, we great believe area. we can have a great relationship. Yeah. Um, I also, I know that I, I haven't put it on yet, but the dynamic content that will come on before every one I'll put out next week is about our new products to support the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so just because y'all will listen to this before you hear that, it's, well, you might not, depending on when you're listening to this, yeah, but <laughs> anyway, might not know don't forget, dogspeak101.com, and uh, we have a page on there that has products that you can put our, we have our little logos that we'll put on these products for you guys and mail them out to you, and it all is about supporting the podcast, Yeah, and absolutely. we appreciate you guys. Yeah, and um, if for some reason you're one day you're on the site and something's not working quite right, that just means I'm in there digging around in code, so... Give it about an hour and go back. <laughs> yeah, because we are making some changes. There's I'm, a lot of things being added. I'm and making changed. changes in li- in real time. So, um, yeah. So, just patient. Be, be patient, patient, please. Yeah, we appreciate we've, you. We've added some stuff. Um, let's see. I'm trying to do more on TikTok. I'm trying to do more on Instagram. Looks like you're you're on TikTok pissing people off. No, I did <laughs> well. I'm sure I I'm will. not on TikTok, so I don't know. I'm sure I, w- I don't have a lot of followers, so I don't have too many people to piss off. But I will be pissing off the balanced trainers and the aversive trainers, I'm sure. But, you know, it's just there's a lot out there. There's a lot of bad information out there. And I felt like I don't like to, to I'm, I'm not a confrontational person, but, and I know it used to be, but I'm not. But I feel like that there's just too many bad trainers giving bad advice that have too many followers and i don't feel like that the positive community is doing enough i don't think we're doing enough to combat that so i thought i would step up and look at some of these videos and say hey this is why this is a problem Mm -hmm. and then yeah i did make a comment on another trainer's page but it was it was a simple question it yeah. was a simple question, and I don't know if he responds. I don't know if I know when he responds. I don't know if those notifications are on. I don't know. Mm. So I'm kind of new to, like, actually interacting with TikTok and not just watching and scrolling. Not going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, pretty much. TikTok. Yeah. So, um, but I'm trying to kind of – I did a, a an hour and 15-minute live on Instagram. Uh, so – uh, I don't know when you guys are listening to it, but today that we're recording, I did that. I'm going to try to start doing that a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. Um, it may have to be like during the day, so like a lunchtime, a little 30-minute Q&A at lunch. Could do a fireside chat. Oh, that'd be good. All you got to do is just sit outside because it feels like fire. Oh, <laughs> very good point. I thought we were talking about fall sitting by the fire pit. Oh, and doing that would fire. Be, that'll be great too. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Gray's working on some new videos. I have a new video that will launch on Friday, which is tomorrow from the day we are recording. And so that will be up. Uh, and it is how to teach your dog to roll over. 
Seriously? So, yeah, it's 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 to tell you you know with that's, rollover. That's he wanted to do something like a kind of like a fun thing, but it's mm-hmm. also very beneficial. Well, it's yeah, right. So if you need your dog to lay down um, on its back for whatever reason, mm-hmm. like a physical Check things, checking yeah. things out, then that's a really handy one to have. I had to have Isabella do it. Uh, what a few weeks ago she was. I think she got bitten by something. Oh yeah, probably uh, like a red ant, yeah, like a fire ant or something, and I uh, had to ha- have her roll over so I could check that out. Yeah, and it's so it's handy. So sometimes some fun things for us can actually be usable mm-hmm. in situations. Yeah, usable, useful. Thanks. I, I am. I don't know what I've got going usable, on right now. Usable is probably. I am word. loving the 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 suffix able. The what? The sub- oh, yeah, you are right. all about I'm it like, right now. I'm like, biddable, okay, taxable. Uh, what did I say the other day? And you're like, that's not a word. I'm like, it feels like it's a word and it should be a word. I have no idea, but it, whatever it was, it was not a word. I can guarantee. But it, the able was on it. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, 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 tired, ba- I'm back. Tired brain. <laughs> I'm tired. And that's, I guess my stamina is not back from the surgery. Uh, my brain gets going different places, but. Anyway, so those are some of the announcements we have. Just check the website. Make sure you guys are following us. Um, we do appreciate it. And uh, you you want to talk about a guest you got coming up? No, not yet. Okay. Is that a surprise? I mean, not really a surprise because, I mean, most people that are listening to this probably don't know who this person is. Yeah, they do. And I doubt it because just like a lot of us, she didn't have a TV show. She didn't, um, you know, she wasn't. And all that. Okay, well, I'm but starting. But she's 40 years of experience. I'm starting her book today. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Um, it is something that will be useful for you guys. I promise. Uh, I'll start with saying it will be about dogs and cats together. So, okay. Boom. Um, y'all. Okay, look. I know you're not going to be as excited, but I have been a fan of hers for a long time. <laughs> when I started training here, um, 27 years ago I was one of less than a handful of women trainers and I came across this woman and I just fell in love the thing is is that she had been doing training longer than me but the thing of it what it was really kind of got me it was all about cats. She was a cat behaviorist, y'all. She's a cat behaviorist. It's exciting. It's so exciting. So Pam Johnson Bennett, she is a cat behaviorist. She will be um, on our podcast. I finally got to meet her in person a few weeks ago at Pet Family Health. She is a local. And um, I asked her to come on and talk to me about cats and then how she handles cats and dogs because she does what I do. She goes into the home, works with cats, and uh, does it like I do. Mm-hmm. But cat behavior is obviously different than dog behavior. And we're behavior nerds, and we're going to get on here, and we're going to talk behavior and be nerdy and give you some ideas about handling dogs and cats and ones that are not getting along or having issues or those things. So it's going to be good. She's uh, We're recording in a few weeks. so I'm excited for that. I am so excited about that. I'm, I'm super excited about Especially that. Especially because I was sitting over here today, my computer, Minding my own business, working, and uh, I just happened to look down beside my chair, and there's just cat pee, just what? chilling there. 
Yeah. What? Yeah. Y'all. What? I cannot handle. See, okay, so we have to hire her. I cannot handle. Obviously, we need to. We need to hire her outside of a litter box. Yeah, me either. So you better read that book. It's infuriating. It's Pam's book, Cat versus Cat. It's her newest book. It's autographed. So don't lose it. It's beside my bed, and I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read the whole thing. Awesome today. All right. (laughs) All right. Let's look forward to that. Yeah, because we are now 11 minutes in, and we haven't done anything. Let's get into this. We're going to talk about the series on Netflix, Mustard Dogs. Muster. And uh, the first time you said that, I thought you said mustard dogs. Mustard dogs. And and like, I oh, thought, dachshunds. No, I thought it was like about hot dogs. Oh, sorry. And I got excited. See, I had the hot dog thing and with you're dachshunds. Like, you're like, hey, have you I'm watching this documentary? Yeah, so if you have not dogs. seen it, mustard dogs, um, I probably should have just pulled up the the show and just read it from there. But it's basically where it's a competition of herding dogs. A breeder breeds dogs, breeds herding dogs, and will match them with a farmer. And in this competition, they have one year to hit certain goals with herding. Yeah. So these are Kelpies in Australia. And you've got the world-renowned breeder. And Joe then, Spicer. Yep, and then you've got the world-renowned trainer. Who uh, do, who's not doing the training. No, he's not. But he's like the judge and um, also sort of the um, mentor and, you know, and his, his wife as well. Um, and has, he put the program together. Typically these dogs are, tra- it takes three dogs, three, three dogs, three years to train um, a herding dog. One of these Kelpies. And uh, it, through his program. And so he had an idea. Like, let's try to do it in one year. Let's see if it's possible. And he put the program together. And they had to, to reach milestones. And it's, what, four episodes? I think so. Um, and, you know, to, to see if it's possible or not. So we watched it. And we had opinions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. So if you want to go watch it before listening to this, <laughs> go watch it stop, and then come back. Stop now and then come back. Because I we'll do talk. think you should watch it. Um, overall, I thought it was a really good show. I thought it was really well done. It was very um, well done. It, still have, I still have, you know, I got opinions. Well, yeah, absolutely. So there are, are several things that kind of stuck out to me and some good things and bad things. I, let me start out by saying I think what I love – I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna start out giving you three reasons why I really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. One, I love seeing a dog do what it was genetically bred to do. Oh, and these dogs were bred well, like very, very bred, well. very, very well. They were not even we. They were, they didn't even go to the new owners till three months of age. Stayed with the mother mm-hmm. of, at that time, up until that time. Um, seeing dogs that doing things that they were genetically bred to do. It's a beautiful sight, but also watching how, because these dogs were placed with trainers being the farmers, most farmers will train their own dogs. The trainers, they all had different levels of experience. And And different livestock. And different livestock, different needs for that livestock. So it was really interesting to me 
just to get a chance to allow a dog to naturally do what it was bred to do without any direction in the beginning. And, and you'll see that sometimes with hunting dogs. You know, somebody, let's say somebody has a German shorthair pointer as a hunting dog and they get them as a puppy from a hunting line, that German shorthair may see a feather on the ground and go into an immediate point, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to do that. Uh, you don't have to do really anything to get that to started, that, yeah. right? We we do see it kind of, but not as intense in our pet dogs. So, like, if you had a pointer that over 25, 30 years was more as a pet and was not used as a hunting dog anymore, you're not going to get that natural pointing aspect. It kind of gets bred out. But dogs that are still being used both as working dogs and pets, you'll find pets who will not necessarily see a feather and point but they may go flush the cat out from underneath the house mm-hmm. or a border collie who chases the, the bicycle but doesn't know what to do with sheep so i think a lot of that behavior is still there regardless of what we do and i think this show showed it that genetics are strong yeah and the closer they are to the original the stronger it's or to that particular yeah, job, I guess, yeah. the stronger it's going to be. So I thought that was really fascinating mm-hmm. to watch that. And that was that was my main reason for loving the show. Yeah. And then um, I said I had three reasons, but they kind of, I think, all went into one. <laughs> so what, what did you really like about this? Um, I think for me it was watching, like, I could kind of call like which handler was going to be more successful and why. Um, And so just kind of watching the dogs, the way they bonded or maybe didn't bond with the handler for whatever reason um, was really interesting to me. And there, there's one handler on there and I just forgot his name. Um, His dog was Lucifer. His dog's name was Lucifer. Oh, that was Rob. Rob. So Rob has sheep, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, And never, he trains his own dogs, but absolutely does not introduce them to his herd until they're a certain age. Uh, What, two years? Two years? Maybe? Uh, I don't remember. Um, That could be wrong, but he will not introduce a puppy to his herd. Well, in this competition, he had to. Yep. And to see him be very, like, he was very nervous about that because of safety. Like, he doesn't want his dog to get injured. Um, but he was focused more on, his his thing is he focuses more on the bond with his dog before they go into training. Yes. He doesn't just go right into it with them. Um, and I, you know. The dog responded pretty well to him after they, after he had a, a meeting with uh, the trainer on the show. Um, so I loved seeing that, just kind of like the dynamics between the handlers and the dogs. And, you know, you could see who was going to be more successful and why. And being able to, I, for me to identify, like, 
why Lucifer didn't pass a certain test. Well, I can tell you exactly why he didn't, because Rob didn't put him in that situation because he didn't want him to get hurt. It, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, that sort of thing. And I really loved that. Like, I got nerdy about... You did, see? I got a little nerdy about the Even whole, though she doesn't do training, she does get a little nerdy. Well, it was just really, you know, awesome to watch. And then some of the more experienced handlers who were, by our standards, a little more rough... Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah there were a couple they were, that were a little more rough than I felt like they need to yeah. be. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying they're aversive trainers in that they're using any sort of, you know, corrective tool or anything. It's just. Um, well, they do. They're. I'll, I'll, I'll bring that one up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, but it wasn't. But across the board, it was positive. Positive. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, I don't think I could have stomached watching it. No. So, <laughs> no. let's be real. There were times where you and I would both go, <laughs> uh, Not good. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. And, uh, and then there, but there are plenty, plenty of people out there who are like, you know what? That's a herding dog. They are living the lifestyle. These are rough people. They are rough and tumble people. You know, livestock producers and farmers don't mess around so no and i i mean i get that but you could tell that all of those dogs were very well taken care of yes and they were loved just know that when you're watching it you're not watching pets no these are not (laughs) pets so don't get upset about that aspect of it they are working dogs but they're loved oh for sure and they're they're treated very well but they are they're thirty thousand dollar dogs yeah a trained herding dog. One of his dogs is Spicer's like thirty dogs. grand. Yeah, I'm not even sure if that comes trained. No. So no, one of his dogs not trained is because they have to. They have to be able to be with the rest of the dogs. It's typically not one or two dogs. In this show, there there were some of them that had twenty dogs. They have packs. They would they yeah. would work together, mm-hmm. and so what you had to have a dog who could work with the team. Mm-hmm. And eat out of the same bowl, big bowl, communal feeding. Which we're all like, I'm no. like, please don't do that. <laughs> do not do communal feeding because and that's another thing. I think that's a, there's a part of me on the, for the show, I was like, Eesh. that was one. I was like, okay, now people are going to watch these 15, 20 dogs eating together and they're going to say, well, I can't my three dogs eat together. That's a totally it's different so different, thing. guys. This is, this is a working group. This is not this is not a pet, and so there are, it's a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very careful with that. Yeah, right. And so I don't want you guys watching and being like, "Well, they said this or doing this, and this worked fine." You know, yeah. hey, well, he grabbed him by the scruff and correct him, and it worked. I'm not saying it's not going to work. It's just there's better there are better ways, yeah. right? Um, and the oldest guy on there, um, he, what was his? He was um, Frank. Frank, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was a very experienced he trainer. Had Annie, he had I know Annie. the dog's names. I know. <laughs> this like, is always Eddie. This is my. This is always my thing. Even when I worked in uh, kennels, I would never remember the owners' names. The but dogs. the dog walked through the door, and I knew its name. Like, yes, like. <laughs> yeah. So Annie turned out to be a phenomenal dog. He was rough. Um, he was a rough trainer, mm-hmm. but I think what I what I kind of got from that to where when he had to be rough. He had put enough of this um, positive trust 
into the account so that when he did have to be rough, it didn't deplete the relationship, yeah, right? she wasn't scared. No. Of him. Which, I mean, also these dogs are a little bit tougher. You have to be. Oh, for sure. Right? So they may think, not yeah. see that as being, you know, as rough. But, I mean, you know. And I think there are hurting, there are trainers out there who strictly do herding breeds and they do tend to be a little rougher even though it is more on the positive side like as we would think positive training right um but they do tend to be a little rougher with their dogs even playing with them they're a little rougher and um you know and the dogs are like yeah i'm cool whatever it's fine i mean again it's genetics it's breeding yeah you can't take a pet dog and, and do that no if the dog if I, doesn't like it, the I dog do is going to be Isabella, nervous. Isabella, she would never. Isabella does not like playing rough. She would never speak to me ever. Not again. with humans. No. She'll play very rough with the dogs. Yeah. She does not like playing rough with the humans. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really loved about the show is they're explaining why they use dogs. I think that, I don't know that this is a fact, but there may be people in this world who think dogs should not be working that they that that's cruel in some way when in reality they're doing what they're literally bred, bred to, do. to do um but i think because it's it is it's gru- grueling hours and you know they're working just as hard as like harder than their people um but when they go into why and they go into the sustainability aspect of it of yes sustainable living and um you know I like, humanely i like the humane it was yeah. a hum, humane way to her to do something you have to yeah. do because a lot of them are using exactly. like helicopters Which um is- four wheelers uh, all-terrain vehicles yeah uh, you know so mm, i'd rather it's a helicopter we use horses for me that freaks me out so that we're not freaking them out but yeah the dogs can do a job that's so much better yeah for the and welfare of the, the livestock. W- yeah, the welfare of the livestock, the w- like the welfare of the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not using fossil fuels. You're not scaring your herd, which... Or the other creatures around the exactly, herd. Exactly, which, you know, we we know cortisol levels rise. Stress levels. Cattle yep. and sheep and things like that. If it's a production animal, you know that that meat is not as good. The herd's not as good. They're then we know that that trauma is passed on. Like, all these things that, you know, we talk about with dogs. It's the same thing with, with livestock. Absolutely. So, um, so, all that to say, I really love that aspect, too, that they really go into why it's important to have a team of dogs. And, you know, if you're going to invest that much into a dog, I mean, you better love them, right? Like, so they are well taken care of because it's like you have to maintain that dog because it is part of your team. And yeah, it's it's a piece of equipment. Well, as well, yeah, that, to that some needs to be maintained, right? But you got to take care of it. Absolutely, they're not just gonna let them, you know, starve and whatnot out there. But anyway, no, they they treat them very very well. They're very spoiled. For sure. And they, you can, and to see the joy on their face. And I think that was one other thing I love to watch the joy on their face of working. Kelby's are goofy little. Oh, yeah, they are. Suckers. They are. I would not ever in a million years have one. Gosh, no. But that is a lot of dogs. You don't man. see a lot of Kelpies as pets. 
Um, the ones and I, I have, have not seen, seen a lot in the United States in my 27 the years. The ones I have seen uh, here, in, well, we had we had several in North Carolina, the vet I worked for. Um, we had a boarding facility at the vet, a lot of herding dogs, and had some Kelpies. We had some Kelpies here in Nashville at the kennel where I worked. I'm telling you, there's a huge difference between the ones that were pets and the ones that were actually working. Um, a lot of the ones in North Carolina were working dogs. The ones in Nashville that are pets, I'm talking like... They're psycho. Behavioral issues like you biting and neurological. I mean, it was it was really sad, you know, like... You, you okay over there? Yeah, I think my heart rate went up. My phone was going off, and I don't even didn't even know I had any. <laughs> Your I watch is buzzing. I, this like, is why I don't wear. This is just a little Fitbit. Is I don't know okay? what's happening. I don't know. I think it. I think it wanted me to breathe for two minutes. Get really excited. I don't. About I don't no, I was thinking of. A, I was d- thinking of the kelpies I have dealt with. I've had. They're all behavior issues. They're all lack of self control impulse control issues because they're not being worked and more than likely they they're came bored. they're bored so yeah but that's yeah, I'm good now. yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it, it was a really good there were a couple things that i do want to say when you guys watch this that you want to be careful of there was some things like the alpha word coming out of being well you just got to show them who's alpha you got to be alpha yeah. i really need that to go away i'd rather that not happen Remember, none of these people are professional dog trainers. Uh-uh. So what comes out of their mouth and what they say isn't necessarily true or good advice. Right. Okay. So um, this alpha word, you got to get you gotta re- rid of that. Um, also, a lot of the ways they were picking up dogs really bothered me. They were picking them up like a child instead of scooping those back legs under. And, oh, that dangling happening. Guys, this is the thing. When you get a puppy, do not pick them up like you would pick up a toddler by under the armpits. You need to scoop them so that their legs are supported because their bones are not fully attached. Yeah, make sure those back legs. Please, get those back legs in. You'll end up with some hip dysplasia or something. So, please, that. That's one thing I watched. And I was just like, okay, that bothers me. I'm going to have to say something (laughs) that way. Uh, There were several, several, several scruff grabs. Yeah. And I don't like that at all. Um, there was <laughs> a lot of popping of the leash. A lot of popping of the leash. Didn't like that. Yeah. Um, some forcing of eye contact. Yeah. That that was a little confrontational for me. I don't think you should force eye contact. I think you should want your dog to make eye contact with you. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, you want to make a human make eye contact with you. If you forcing it, that's not going to create a relationship. Right. right. Um, and then this forced relax. I You can't force a dog to relax. And I know a lot of people will teach something like a place or a relax cue to go on their side. And they make them stay there. And they think, okay, the dog's relaxing. Uh, relaxation comes from internal, not external. I so, think I missed that part. Um, yeah, I think it was, I can't remember who it was. I think it was one of the women. And had one of the crazy dogs. Oh, it was, was it not CJ? Um, yeah, I, it, I it might have been CJ because she was a little bit more of a harsh. She was a little harsh as well because she was a horse trainer. 
She'd been a horse trainer. And so she, I don't know who it was, but I don't like the forced relax because it gives you a false sense that the dog is actually relaxing. Mm-hmm. And it's not really, it's not helping the dog to regulate and to relax on its own. Now, they might be meaning they have to be forced to go chill out until the afternoon when we have to get the herd back in or whatever. Well, rest. That's different, is, right? Yeah. Decompression, rest. That's different than a forced relax. I don't know. That just kind of hit me wrong. But what she, she did say one that I really liked. She said, check your attitude if you want them to work for you. Mm-hmm. And that's true in every sense. If you're a boss over any organism, are you a good boss or are you a bad boss? Are you demanding and hateful and just forceful? Or do you have respect, trust, learn to communicate with that particular employee? I mean, I like that. She's like, check your attitude. Um. There were times where the word alpha was used and you could tell with the context what they were actually trying to say was leader, which are two different things, but a lot of people do equate alpha and leadership, like put those two together, Um, but they're not synonymous in our world. Right. Uh, But I think that there were times where that word was interchanged interchangeable yeah i think you're right and so it was but it was all about context it wasn't like i'm the alpha i'm gonna i mean you do you have to be upper management and that's how we look at leadership especially there i mean with that because it's a dog could die it's life or death yes you got to be on it yes you know and and so i'm sure you do have to be a little more a little more (laughs) well management well i would tell i will say that there were a couple times they used a rake and made a really hard, loud, scary hit on the ground with the rake to stop the dog. And the first few times I was like, oof, gave me the icky feeling. But then I I sat back and just kind of thought about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because you didn't see them being harsh in all interactions, when the when the person the trainer had to do that with the dog now obviously it was recorded i can't tell you how many times they've had to do it right there's editing there's editing right they may not have had to do it a lot because if it's something that is impactful enough you shouldn't have to do it much like six seven times the dog should be like i'm good right but i think that they had such a good relationship that when they did do it it was really in a communication of you've got to stop now or you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And be- they wouldn't hit they wouldn't hit the dog and they wouldn't even put it in the dog's face. It was usually what 5 feet, 5 or 6 feet and it's a, it was a directional um but it was it was really kind of one of those I need you to immediately stop. Yeah, so for those who don't know in herding and working dogs, um a lot of handlers use rakes or a cane uh something similar and it's used as a directional tool because it's at the dog's eye level. Herding breeds are focused on, they, they use their eyes. So it's they can't see their handler. They're not looking up. So the rake or whatever tool what's, is being used is being used for, for direction for the dog. So when we say they were using a rake and hitting the ground, they, 
yeah, they definitely were not hitting the dog no. with a rake. That's not it. Um, it was a scare tactic. Yeah, but it is also, I mean, because you like um, a lot of handlers do use like a cane, mm-hmm. like a, a like a shepherd type yep. cane um, when they're doing. Well, if you watch like border collie trials, yes, like in uh, Ireland, yes. and Scotland, they all they have, cane, yes, they use canes. Yes, same thing. Um, so, you know, but you're right. The the rake being hit harshly on the ground was sort of like, hey. I need you to pay attention here because yeah. like this really is serious. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. It wasn't used just because a dog didn't sit. Exactly. It wasn't like you, you fucked up and you're, right. you're getting on my nerves. Right. So I'm going to beat this rake on the ground and scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Like that wasn't the purpose of it. So when you see that the first couple of times you see it, you're probably going to cringe. Yeah, I did. We and did. then I just, we both did. Cause we're like, Oh, uh, and then uh, I just kind of sat back and, and watched the rest interaction all the rest that of that interaction I yeah I I think that the relationship was was good enough that that wasn't counterproductive I think it it served its purpose and I don't think they probably had to do it a whole lot and I think that these dogs that are bred to do that are bred to be a little bit more Resilient. resilient yeah I was right say they're more resilient because they they are very well bred with the genetics and then they're very well taken care of until they go to that home mm-hmm. and so um having that resilience they're they're not going to be as bothered by that scare tactic right um obviously don't do that with your pets please no don't do that your guys your dogs are not that's gonna they're not bred trauma. for that that is aversive. And it will cause trauma. It's aversive as hell. Any type of scare tactic <laughs> is aversive. It's aversive, y'all. Right? So don't use scare tactics either. Uh, yeah, or pet dogs are not made for that. Uh, let's see. I had, that was, um, oh, the one thing I really like Joe doing, the breeder. Yeah. Is, and this is, wish I, we, I wish we could do every rescue dog to its new adopter this way he literally looked at the dog and of course he had visited them every day so he really got to know the dogs mm-hmm. and he put the right dog with the right person yeah the handlers did not get to pick their dog no they did not they did not choose and this was brilliant because you can't be taking a dog that's necessarily a level five to somebody who's only level one it's they're not matching up um, or if they're both level five, nothing's going to get done. Yeah. So it's just really, it's, I loved watching him and talk and him talking about why he picked certain dogs for ones. And obviously you can only go with what you see in that short three months. And sometimes dogs do end up almost identical, um, or it works out identically mm-hmm. the way that you would, you know, see it when you pick that out. And I say that because I've picked out a few dogs for owners and, you know, went and picked them out from the breeder. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me, this is what I'm looking for. This is, you know, what I need. These are my kind of, I want the dog to be under this size. And the sizes are the hardest things to do. But yeah. behavior-wise, you can get pretty dang close as puppies if you well. match them with the right people. Yeah. And that's the thing that I love, that he matched the dogs. Yeah, I'm, I was really glad to see that because he knew those puppies so well. Um, but he, and he knew, he already knew 
yeah the, the handlers yeah I mean, the he, handlers he knew all of, i mean let's be real it's like any any dog community everybody, everybody knows, knows everybody, everybody right and it's funny like now that i'm working in livestock <laughs> you realize that it's it's like an incestuous group it doesn't matter if someone moves from one company to another like everybody knows everybody yeah and uh so it's i kind of got tickled seeing that because i'm like this is dog training this is search and rescue this is you know yeah everything like that it's it's all the same it really is so he he also lucked out because he knew them and he knew their personalities and he knew their farms and um what they were trying to accomplish and i knew a little bit about the pack that they already had so i thought that that was yeah that was a really great, I, yeah. I really loved that part of it, and and I think it really you can be pretty successful doing that, and I think that he was overall successful in his matches, no doubt. I'm not going to give anything away, but um, <laughs> <laughs> one thing that was said, and I don't, I think, I think Neil, I think Neil was the trainer. For like he's a well-known herding yeah, dog Neil. trainer, Neil. Neil. Is, yeah. He said, I think he said this, and, and Kim and I, Kim Brophy and I mentioned this on the podcast with us the other, when, when we recorded, we yeah. were talking about the show. I don't remember if we were actually recording or mm-hmm. not when we said this, but she and I both loved what he said about that we're not dog trainers, we're situation creators. Oh, man, when he said that, like you and I like fist bumped. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is amazing. Situation creators. And in, in his world, it's like, these dogs are meant to herd. I give them a situation. And then I set each situation up to be a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I set it up for success. Yeah. The dog, you don't have to do much with the dog. With the herding dogs. Yeah. So, again, remember some of the things I'm saying. These are specifically working dogs. Yeah, I mean, it is specific to this show, for sure. Right, it's definitely specific. But I did, I really liked that. Yeah. I'm a situation creator. And that's something that you can take away with your own dog. You know, I mean, it's uh, something that you've said before. You know, you can't, you can't train when you need it. You gotta, you gotta teach before you before you get into yeah don't be a situational don't be a situation reactor Mm -hmm. be a situation creator right so if you see something that's freaking your dog out change the situation get them out of there right change the situation so yeah i think we you could definitely take that as a pet dog owner yeah for sure um let's see i think that was Oh, the other is that they are using, some of them will use the name as a recall. I don't like that. That's for any reason. Um, I think that we have to be clear in communicating what we want, especially if you have multiple dogs. Well, and they do, I think that's the reason that they do it is because they do have so many dogs. Just, you know, if, uh, so their expectation they set the expectation early. If I say your name, it means come to me. But here's a problem with that that I see in a herding instinct, like a, a job. If you say the dog's name and it 
to come to you? What happens when you're out trying to get the herd to move and you need them to move in a different direction, but there's four dogs working? If you say the dog's name... Yeah, I don't know. Then the dog's going to come running back. They seem to get it though they might but don't, don't, do, don't but pet don't owners know. please don't do that <laughs> let's just teach a simple come command you they, can say come yeah they seem to get it you can know. get you can name them a different name that means come but then you still need a word to get them to tune in so they know you're talking to them yeah so that one i couldn't figure out i tried but i know no it's no um joe said something that was really good as well, because I wrote this down. Can we just agree that he's so cute? Oh, he is. Can we? Like, he's, he's the braider. A, he's adorable. He's really cute. Um, I think everyone sort of has a crush on Joe. Probably. <laughs> probably. Joe is adorable. He's really good with the dogs, too. But he's so gentle. Well, he said, we need to bond without the need for control. Yeah. And that, to me, was a mic drop. Right? Because he gets it. Mm-hmm. You got to have a bond, but it's got to it's got to it's got to happen. Yeah. You can't force it. You can't control in order to get the bond. It's got to be natural. So you got to, you know, I think that we don't I think a lot of pet owners don't play with their dog like they did when it was a puppy. Mm-hmm. That their idea of play is like throwing the ball for them, maybe playing tug. But you remember how there was so much more cuddle Mm-hmm. with a puppy and then you just kind of spend time kind of laying down and fighting like Myers and I will kind of go with our my hand on his little muzzle yeah and he gets all snarly and bitesy you, you know and it's really cute I did that with him as a puppy I still do it today mm-hmm. I think that as dogs age people don't don't do that as much yeah. and that feeling and that touch and that closeness I think is gets lost and I think it messes with the relationship I think that we think playing with the dog is Mm one-sided we throw the ball they go get it and come back and i encourage you guys to find some other things just to get back with that quality time with your dog think about what you guys did as puppies and how cute and fun that was isabella and i still play chase there you go i mean i'm out of breath after a couple of laps that's all right but yeah i let her chase me i chase her whatever yeah we used to do that when she was a puppy yeah, I played the naughty game with him. Yeah. Where he would get my sock and I would do the, I'm going to get you. What are you doing with my sock? And now I do it when he has something and we play and it's really <laughs> cute. Because, you know. He is a cute boy. Just because the dog is now considered an adult, if you have a dog over the age of two, still, let's have some fun, y'all. Mm-hmm. Right? And really think about what your dog is genetically bred to do. And if you don't know what your dog is, then you need to get the DNA test, and then you can get Kim Brophy's Meet Your Dog, mm-hmm. and you can read all about the genetics of your dog. That book is fascinating. That book is so amazing. Um, oh, man. I was just getting ready to say something. Well, while you're thinking of that, with the, on, I'm talking about that book, she also has a legs version for pet owners. Really? Yeah. Why so we've done the professional legs, but now they have she has a human uh, I mean, a human, <laughs> a pet, sorry, a pet owner leg. So it's not as, you like. You guys aren't humans. It's not as scientific, <laughs> you know, and it's, I mean, it's, it's still, but I think she broke it down it's a little bit easier for pet owners um, than all the details we went through and 
learned the science and yeah the science of it yeah so i love that yeah that's great. really exciting so um yeah that's it so go watch mustard dogs watch oh. it again and think about things that we've said if you've already watched it go back and think about the things we said and go watch and if you have anything that you have questions about with that show something you saw something you mm-hmm. like clarification on hey shoot us an email we'll be happy to talk about it on the podcast mm-hmm. love to answer your questions tell us who your favorite dog is yes tell us who your favorite dog is or your even favorite dog team yeah do that or your favorite trainer so i know we're we're like running over time aren't we yeah sorry um uh if you haven't seen it like this is a total spoiler alert no no give it wait you're gonna spoil something yeah i said okay. i just said it's a okay, spoiler hang on alert. a minute we're gonna give you a second it's gonna be a spoiler alert so if you don't want to hear that well we've given a lot of spoiler i'm not saying turn who, it off who won or anything who won the competition what's your spoiler oh i was just gonna talk about um rob oh don't give that away really no i was gonna i was gonna say how incredibly unselfish and uh okay what a good decision it was all right we'll talk about that okay okay go ahead talking about lucifer uh and rob and they had a rough start because this dog was a little more than he could handle at one point but then they ended up doing really well um together and so, at the end of the competition, um, bless him, he he realized that the dog, that Lucifer, needed to be on a cattle team. That he was not a sheep dog. That just, he was too much dog for that. And rather than forcing the dog into a box and forcing him to do something for the rest of his life that wasn't going to be fulfilling for him, he gave Lucifer to another handler. And I think gave him to a great handler. I won't say who. Y'all watch it and you'll know exactly who. I, th- I think Lucifer is probably thriving. Oh, absolutely. Um, with a cattle team. Yes. And... You could just see, like, it was so heartbreaking for him because he loved that dog so much. But he recognized that he wasn't going to be able to give the dog what he needed. And I was just like, man. And there was no, like, stigma about it. I mean, no. it was just like. Because the dog was also causing stress to the sheep. Exactly. Which, which is he counterproductive. Was, yeah, because he was doing, um, I think he's mostly doing sheep fur. I'm not sure if he. Yeah, the the sheep, um, the sheep. I think that's what breeders it was, are. Mostly. They're they're doing wool. Yeah, they're just doing um, the. the so I, I called it fur. He's a wool producer. I'm a farmer, and so <laughs> wool producer. You know, you obviously you don't need a dog biting. No, and taking chunks of wool uh, out wool of sheep, out of the dog. Right? Yeah, I mean that's my money. <laughs> Oopsies, that's my lifestyle. I kind of need that. Yeah, need the need the fur. Um, <laughs> the I wool. thought it was the most unselfish. And, like, no ego. There was none of this, like, I'm going to show this dog. I'm going to make this dog do this. It was just like, you know, and he said, I I decided a while back that, that I was going to do the best I could for him and make him the best dog I could, but he's, he, this is not the place for him. 
And I was like, oh, man. It sucked, but then you're like, that's fantastic. There are some teary-eyed moments in the sh- in yeah. the show. I'll go ahead and warn you. There are several. That was a little. That was a little. There are several moments where you're going to cry. But it was the right decision. It was the right decision. And I love that. And because we need more of that, that if a dog isn't working yeah. with a family, um, we got to stop putting people down for needing to rehome dogs. Now, obviously, there's people that want to rehome dogs. For sure. That they for dumb reasons, reasons, right? But for fixable reasons, right? But there are a lot that do it because they need to. And and in my work, I have had to recommend rehoming uh, for the welfare of the family and welfare of the dog. And I'm not I'm not opposed to it. Well, and I think what was so telling is he said I determined this months ago. He knew he was going to do it months in advance, but he still did every single thing he could for the dog knowing that the dog would transition to someone else yep instead of just like giving up and being like fuck it yeah i'm not gonna have this dog in a few months anyway so whatever right you know and obviously i don't know what their contracts looked like i don't know to like get a free dog from (laughs) joe i'm sure they got a free dog from joe I, i i don't know what that all looked like and you know, if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, like you got to pay this back or whatever. But man, I just thought that was a cool yeah. thing that he was. Yeah, there were a lot of really good things about he this was, show. He was one of my favorites, honestly. Um, I will say that. Yeah, I, I'm always afraid to watch shows like this. I know. I was. You talk. I was. I know. It took a lot of convincing for you to. I, I was like, watch trying, it with me so we can do a podcast. I kept it. trying to put it off too. Cause I, I was know. like, oh, it's but a it dog was, it show. ended up really good. It was good. I'm going to be angry. I know. <laughs> and I'm not going to, there were some, there were some parts where I was like, eh, I, I don't, know. I don't like that at all. No. Um, but overall, overall, I'd give it, I, I'd I give it, it four stars out of five. I recommend it. I recommend it. Yeah. So there you go. Well, thanks for joining me for that. <laughs> Glad we finally did that. It's only taken a month since we watched it. Sorry. I've, I've forgotten a lot of it and like I had notes. But anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And, uh, you know, keep listening. We got a lot of good things happening. A lot of fun things happening. And, hey, go support the podcast. Go to the website. Go to the website. Dogspeak101.com. Check it out. Under shop. Yeah. All right. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>